Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode on Stepping into Leadership. This is a captivating episode series that delves into the inspiring stories of individuals who have taken the courageous leap into leadership role. In each of the episodes, we'll invite notable guests from various fields to share their personal experiences and insights on what motivated them to step into leadership and the remarkable transitions they underwent in their journey. It is my pleasure today to invite to our discussion, Andy Williams. Andy, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> so I'm very, very humbled to have you here. Andy is a multifaceted individual, is serving as an educator, an entrepreneur, and lifelong learner. He excels as a supply teacher across various grade levels and manages rental properties as well. In addition, he is the owner and operator of Fryway, a growing food truck business with two locations and growing. Andy and his wife are currently constructing an urban farm aiming to educate people on sustainable living and self-sufficient food production. How wonderful. With a master's in education and a thesis focused on outdoor experiential education, Andy is deeply passionate about sustainability, the environment, and education. He aspires to include expanding in fra the franchising triway throughout Canada. So happy to have you here, Andy. I'm um, going to lead into with a question about how did you make this big change in your life? What motivated you to make this change? Oh, great question. Uh, well, thanks for having me. Um, I've, I've done a, a few big changes in my life. I've feels weird to say that. I'm only 39 years old right now, but I've followed a couple different career paths since I finished university. So as you mentioned, uh, I, first I went into teaching. So I graduated university and went straight into secondary school teaching. And I spent eight years as a substitute teacher uh, teaching in uh, Kingston, Ontario. Uh, so I really enjoyed working in the classroom, but I just couldn't find full-time work. So uh, back when I graduated, there were too many teachers, not enough jobs, kind of the opposite problem that we have right now. Uh, so I was in for about eight years supply teaching, and then the uh, Ontario government passed a regulation that uh, forced schools to uh, hire by seniority rather than hiring the person that they wanted for the job. Uh, so despite being eight years in with the school board, I realized I just got pushed another five or six years uh, further away from a full-time position. Uh, and it was feeling the weight of my student loans over me. So that was the first time I decided to make a big change in my life. I was the first person in my family to go to university. I had a large pile of student loans hanging over my head. Uh, you know, I saw my friends traveling the world, buying houses, having families. And here I was with three or four part-time jobs, living in a basement apartment, and just making my minimum monthly payments on my student loans. Uh, so the first big change I made, I, I left teaching. I enjoyed it a lot, but I just, you know, I didn't want to wait another five or six years to try and get my foot in the door. Uh, so I took an opportunity to uh, take a job as a city bus driver uh, for the municipality where I live. Uh, I knew there was like unlimited hours, essentially, so I could uh, pay off my student loans pretty quickly and start saving for the, the big ticket items in life. You know, buying a house, having kids, maybe taking a vacation like I saw all my friends doing. Uh, so I, I did this for about six years. I worked for the city, uh, but I quickly became disillusioned with it. Uh, the management structure and the leadership I worked for uh, seemed askew. And from the day I was hired, I was warned it was like a toxic work environment I was stepping into. And uh, it was very easy to see why. The management that we had uh, was very overbearing. They micromanaged every aspect of your day, 
and it seemed like they didn't put much value on the frontline workers who kept their entire system working. Uh, so I'd heard stories from many coworkers that had been there for years. They all had resentment towards the management. They'd all been through the same problems and felt like, you know, there, there was no way to really fix this system. Uh, so it became obvious that it was time for me to make yet another change in my life. So I, uh, you know, I stepped out of that job uh, and enrolled into a business administration program uh, at the St. Lawrence College here in Kingston. Uh, initially, I thought maybe that would be a stepping stone to another job within the municipality. I uh, figured out I was in the union, so maybe by going back to school, I could transfer to a different department. And uh, COVID had other ideas, so this was uh, the start of 2020 when I was doing this program. And uh, the whole world changed come March 2020, so the program I was in went remote. Uh, my job was uh, axed. I got laid off with about 100 other people uh, when the transit system got shut down. Uh, but it turned out to be an excellent opportunity. I got to spend a year and a half at home with my wife and my kids. We started to build our urban farm in the backyard. And, you know, I kind of came to the realization I shouldn't be sitting around waiting for someone to hand an opportunity to me that I needed to kind of take control of things and, and come up with something for myself. So I made the change again and I, I quit my job and went back into the teaching world. Uh, there was a huge opportunity for teachers now. Uh, when COVID hit, a lot of teachers retired early. Uh, and stepped out of the classroom. So I went into teaching, was enjoying it. I've taken a few uh, lengthy positions, which I couldn't get when I was there the first time, and was having a great time. But at the same time, you know, I have kids at home now, and I were building an urban farm and had other priorities. So I wasn't sure if I could completely dedicate myself to becoming the best teacher that I could be. Uh, a long-time friend of mine, uh, his name is Scott Holman, uh, presented an opportunity to me. He secured a lease for a, like an excellent location for a food truck in our city. And I've helped him a few times in the past. Uh, you know, he started running hot dog carts and eventually moved up into like the food truck world and told me, you know, he thought this would be a great opportunity, but he had no way that he'd be able to do it. He was, you know, swamped with the truck he was running already and that this one was going to be a busy one. So uh, I stepped up to the plate, convinced Scott that this, you know, I was the right person for this job. I needed a project to kind of focus myself on. And, uh, you know, we got it off the ground. We've turned it into a, a success. So uh, I've, you know, had a handful of restaurant jobs in my past during university and high school days. And uh, somehow in a matter of a couple of months, we went from an idea and a conversation that we had about a food truck to opening what's likely one of the busiest ones in our city. We're closing in on the one-year mark now. We're just opening our second truck now. We've got about 13 staff members, and uh, we're easily clearing a half a million dollars in sales this year. And it's uh, it's been a whirlwind, you know, just kind of hanging on for dear life. But it's a uh, it's an excellent adventure. So another big change and loving it. That was a really interesting um, history of where you've been in the last. I mean, I looking at it, that's like about fifteen years um, mm -hmm. in your in your career. I, that's terrific. Um, can you tell us a story when you knew? that you are going to make this change into, I mean, now you're running a business all about the food industry and food is yeah. a really competitive, high turnover industry. What was, yes. what was the moment? Tell us the story about when the moment when you said, yeah, this is good. I can do this. Uh, well, I've, I've worked in a few different restaurants over the years. Uh, you know, I started in high school. I was a manager at a McDonald's restaurant uh, in university. I worked at a couple kind of mom and pop shops, including a, a, like a local catering company and a cafe corner store. 
Uh, so I've had experience in the restaurants and, uh, you know, it was kind of the opportunity from Scott popped up and, uh, realized like, you know, as a Queens student, this, this food truck locations on the edge of the Queens University campus. Uh, so I've spent years on campus and I know how busy that location is. I knew, you know, it was the perfect place to put a food truck. Uh, there hadn't been one there in a few years. So, uh, it seemed like a good time to jump. Uh, Another change we did in life, uh, my wife and I owned a, a rental property. We had a triplex and, you know, we saw the market ticking higher and higher on the property value and realized, you know, we're at a point where we're either going to have to dump a bunch of money into this property as a, to keep it in good shape or we can cash out now and uh, save ourselves years of hassle. So we decided to sell the house and uh, cashed out and uh, the money was kind of sitting in the bank, you know, like I wasn't certain the stock market was going the way I wanted it to go. So we just kind of left the money sitting there and uh, this opportunity arose for the food truck. And it was a pretty quick jump. Like we realized, you know, like she's also a, a university, Queens University alumni. So we both know the location for the uh, food truck and we both immediately were like, that's an incredible place to put a business. I can't believe there isn't one there now. Like we've got to make this happen and just jumped in, you know, head first and went for it. So. Yeah, well, in going back to this tough business, um, how do you hide, like, how do you lead and hire your staff? You said you have 13 people working, uh, with the food truck now? That's correct. Yeah. So we, we're lucky to be on the university campus. So we have a pretty good, uh, selection of, uh, students that work for us, just, uh, kind of part time. Um, to, for me, a big problem I've had in jobs in the past is like the lack of a work life balance. I've had a lot of, you know, employers that as long as the schedule is filled with somebody working, they don't want to make a change and they're happy with it the way it is. And uh, there's been many times in my life, you know, a big event comes up and you'd love to have some time off and people just aren't willing to bend. So for me, I know that's a, a big draw for people, especially younger workers. So I thought, you know, if we can kind of put a lot of faith in the Queen students uh, and hire some to work, you know, two or three, four days a week, whatever works for them. But we have a lot of flexibility. So if they've got exams coming up or they want to go away for a reading week on a vacation, you know, be flexible, give them the time off and, you know, they'll be happy and, and join us. So I kind of took that philosophy in. Uh, we were able to poach. We have uh, two chefs we've got from other restaurants in town. You know, they were they were overworked through COVID. Uh, a lot of people got fired. So the restaurants were working on uh, like a skeleton crew and they've been overworked for years. So uh, we offered them, you know, like no late nights. You got weekends off. If you want time off for vacation, you know, we'll make it work. And it's allowed us to take some staff from, you know, probably higher paying jobs at big name restaurants in our city that have moved into our food trucks. So the food we're putting out is incredible. We've got great staff. And I think it's just, you know, partially based on the fact we're flexible and have a life, you know, to live. You're not living to work. And as long as I can keep that in mind, you know, it's it's easy to keep people working for us. It's been great. Oh, that's great. That sounds terrific. Yeah. Uh, when you look back at your at your career, what do you think prepared you the most for taking this step into into the food industry? Um, probably my ability to multitask. Like uh, through university, I've had three or four part time jobs all the way through, paying for my my tuition and rent and food and everything. So I'm very used to scheduling out my day. You know, like uh might work two jobs in a day plus have classes and then have to go to meetings with like classmates afterwards to do assignments. And, uh, you know, I did uh, two undergrad degrees and a master's degree. So I've done that for years. So I'm, I'm used to planning ahead, thinking of the big picture, what's due in two months, what do I need to do to get that done? 
kind of breaking things down into smaller bite-sized chunks. So uh, while I don't have a lot of like high-level management experience in the restaurant industry, like I think the ability just to kind of see the big picture and then break it down into smaller digestible bits uh, is is quite helpful for this. Well, maybe with your education background, you can uh, in the future start teaching other restaurateurs some of your uh, some of your secrets. It's a possibility. Yes, we've talked about already about whether we should franchise in the future or not. Too, we've had a lot of people inquire with us. So, who knows? It could go there someday. Yeah. Yeah. I I absolutely love your um your approach to life uh, work balance and how mm, you use you. that even with your staff. It sounds to me that. You know, you've attracted some really high talent in an industry that is a tough one to begin with. And that's one tool that you use to bring, uh, you know, to bring talent, but also to maintain. It's about talent uh, retention as well as attraction. So that's actually pretty cool. Um, I'm, what what would be some of those key things that you would um, recommend for business or for leaders, because we're talking about leaders in general, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of that life work balance, like, well, how, how do you propose to someone to say, hey, you know, here's, we have this business, here's the work, but mm-hmm. here is what we can do. So how does, how does that work? Personally, for myself, I just try to remember, I mean, it wasn't that long ago for me, but I try and remember what it was like you know, when I was a student or when I was just out of university starting to work for myself and, uh, you know, you need to make some money to pay your bills, but at the same time, you know, you do want to experience life and get to have a bit of fun with your friends. And, you know, I, I tried to put some value in that. Uh, when I worked driving the city bus for years, I missed weddings and funerals. Uh, like the day my wife went into labor, my supervisor tried to convince me to stay at work because labor can take hours, he said. And I said, nope, I'm out of here. Like I, I parked the bus and left, you know, like, there's certain things that aren't worth, you know, putting aside just to make a couple of dollars. So for me, it's just trying to remember that, you know, like I've been through the struggle myself and it's, it's nice. You know, I'm uh, finally at the point where I've got a house of my own. My student loans are gone. You know, my, I'm in a kind of a different place than I was 10 years ago. And uh, it's easy to kind of forget what it was like before. So, you know, remind myself what everybody's going through and, and do my best to accommodate people to keep them happy like you said, the, the restaurant industry is uh, is really tough right now, especially after COVID. So it's it's hard to find people. And, you know, we've had a lot of interviews where nobody shows up. Or, and uh, when people finally do come to the interviews, they kind of see the place we have. We've got a good work environment. Everybody's really nice. It works for us. You know, they realize we are flexible and we're trying to do a good work-life balance. And it's suddenly really easy to get them to come and work for you. And then there's too many people that want to work for you. So it's, uh, it's a good problem to have. Yeah. That's really, really cool, Andy. And so what what do you see in your cards in the next five years? If you're mm. here into the future and say, you know, I've done this and I've done that and this is working and, you know, what what is it? Where yeah, gonna be? well, I'm, I'm absolutely loving uh, being a food truck owner. Like uh, 10 years ago, my wife and I, before our kids were born, we took a big road trip to California. We took like two and a half months and lived out of our car and hit all the national parks and we survived on food truck food. And it, uh, it completely, you know, it encapsulated us. We came back to Kingston trying to, you know, with a plan on how to open a food truck 10 years ago and it never went anywhere. And 10 years later, here we are, it's, it's happening and it's, it's fantastic. So I'm hoping five years from now, you know, we'll be up to maybe five food trucks in town. We've, we're already kind of scouting out locations where we'd like to be. 
I know we, if we're going to do that, we have to have a brick and mortar storefront to try and support us. Like, uh, it's hard to prepare all the food you need in a tiny mobile truck, especially in the winter. Um, so we're looking at maybe five or six places in five years, if I'm lucky. And uh, I'm still working part-time as a teacher. And uh, when I was just graduating from the college program back when COVID was on, I got offered a, a teaching job at the college, which I said no to. It was a part-time position teaching in the uh, business administration program. Back then, I still you know, had some student loans and I needed to get a you know, a bit more stable income. So I said no to the job, but maybe five years from now, if there's, you know, a, a handful of food trucks running, I might be able to kind of step back for a few hours a week and kind of take what I've learned through building up a few food trucks and restaurants and, and take that to the college and maybe teach there as well. Okay, Andy, this is me. Hey, Ross. Uh, Leslie and Sylvia, fabulous questions. Andy, I want to start by saying you're so easy with the answers. Your face, your tone of voice, your description, it's so not boring. It's so real. So now I'm going to ask you a question. All right. And maybe you need to close your eyes for just a minute on this. Um, this is an inside out question. And I don't want any evidence about degrees and jobs and life. My question right. is, when did you know you were ready to take the step at a gut level? Okay, at a gut level. Reflect on all this stuff, which mm -hmm. is fantastic. But all that stuff needs an internal driver. And you didn't talk too much about that. And I don't need you to like unpack the whole thing. But at a gut level, um, what would you say the three big drivers were for you to keep on keeping on? Uh, particularly your capacity to say, no, I don't want to. Your capacity to not be spooked your capacity to follow your path or your vision or whatever. And in my experience as an executive coach, that is really the essence of leadership. Because we all learn fairly quickly that you can't fix the system or you can't even change it, but you can trick it. And, and we all know that systems exist to keep keep the lawyers away, keep us out of jail, and try to keep people safe. But the capacity for a leader to see over the hill, down into the valley, around the other way, and take the lead and get on with it, only about 7% of people who manage do that, okay? And like, I know you're ethical and I know you're honest, but I also know you're not gonna do anything that doesn't fit with the gut. So mm -hmm. that's my intro to the question of, what would be the three drivers internally, gut level, 
for you to go from where you were as a kid at 20 to where you are as a father, a business owner, um, a partner, married, owning a house, out of debt? What drove you? Three things. All right. That's a good question. Um, I guess number one, uh, like planning, like uh, constantly. Anytime we've discussed having a big life change between my wife and I and our careers, uh, we've discussed it till the cows come home. You know, we've it's often while we're driving on a road trip or something like that or on a camping trip. Uh, you know, the kids might be asleep in the back seat, and we go over every possible angle we could think of. So whether that was going back to university to get a master's degree, I debated going back to university to find a completely new career, uh, or whether it's opening a food truck, you know, we sit down and we come up with every possible impact we can think of. What's it going to do to our life? What's it going to do to our kids' life? What impact will it have on my wife's career? And uh, a lot of times it resulted in a conclusion where like, you know, I don't think the gamble's worth it. You know, like I thought about going back to uh, school for urban planning. That was uh, a career path I thought of when I was in teacher's college. And I always thought I'd love it. But to me, you know, weighing the pros and cons, it just wasn't worth taking on another student loan, moving into another city and uprooting everything and not really knowing what was going to come out on the other end. So what I'm so hearing, Andy, is that you and Kelly are in partnership. 100%. You have a lot of compassion for life, mm -hmm. life together. You have a lot of trust. Um, you're willing to take chances. Okay, so when those conversations are complete, or the way I look at it, that would be a first step. What's the next step? Um, for me, it was uh, it would come down to like needing to feel fulfilled. So, you know, oh. we some of those plans in the past or in the past that we discussed, we'd uh, you know talked about going back to school for urban planning, and then that resulted in the idea that maybe we'd be stuck living in a condo on the 30th floor somewhere, which neither of us particularly wanted to do. And we wouldn't find that to be a fulfilling life. You know, we, we currently have a half an acre property. You know, we've got a small orchard and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, whenever it kind of came back to cementing our plans, just coming up with something that would actually be fulfilling was a, was a big driving factor for me. So it wasn't just about paying the bills. Uh, it was about finding something I actually wanted to do with my life. You know, I had a lot of relatives, luckily, that made it to the late 90s, early 100s, and they always, you know, told me about things they regretted uh, not doing in life, not things that they did. So, you know, it makes me think about every time I come up with a plan, you know, I want to make sure I'm going to not regret, you know, passing over it if I think through it and decide it's not a good idea. So what I'm hearing and what you're saying is that, and you're not saying this, but I just want to check with you, that yep. fulfillment comes from a strong sense of balance with your own integrity, with your oh, own- 100%. Beliefs. Yes. And, yeah. and that's more important to you than the almighty dollar. 100%, yeah. Um, you know, I, I didn't come from a very wealthy family, so I'm I'm used to getting by with not a lot of money. So I don't have a desire to, to you know, fill my bank account up. You know, I, you know, as long as I can keep a roof over my head, I'd prefer to have time with family and friends and, you know, do rewarding things in life rather than just, uh, you know, work and stockpile.
So what would be the third thing, Andy, if there were three? Uh, said planning, talking, in partnership, all the angles, number one. Yep. Coming to a point of feeling fulfilled, and mm -hmm. it's not about money or power. Yep. So what would the third thing be? Uh, the third thing for me, I, I probably would say, like, giving back to the community. So at this food truck we're doing now with Fryway, we, we've done six different uh, fundraisers now for local food banks and local charities around town. Uh, you know, we've been donating a fair bit of money back to them. We donate food uh, you know, so it doesn't go to waste. Uh, you know, we're trying to be, you know, a good business within our community, right? Like we're paying livable wages to all our employees. Uh, we're trying to ensure, you know, a good balance for everybody. We're buying sustainable packaging or food sustainably sourced. So we want to try and give back to our local community rather than, you know, trying to pinch pennies and, you know, buy the cheapest possible ingredients and charge them yeah, the most yeah. that you can. Yeah. And and the other thing I heard you say is that um, you're valuing in dollars uh, the contribution of your staff. So you're not paying them the lowest amount. No, not at all. No, I mean, especially in the restaurant industry, it's it's tough to find people right now. So uh, just as a way to get people interested, even to offer a few dollars an hour or more than most people, that's a good way to you know, catch people's attention and, you know, you want to reward the people that work for you. You want to be able to trust that they're going to do the job that you need them to do. So you don't have to micromanage them like so many managers I've had in the past do. So, you know, I feel like if you make the right offer to the right people, you create a good environment for them, you know, they'll bring their A game and they'll, they'll take care of you as long as you take care of them. Yeah, well, that's right. And uh, so we wrap that up in this podcast by saying, while there is no license to leave, good leadership is bottom up mm -hmm. and gen generates hope, trust, compassion, and stability. As and so that's the actions, and then you get what you give, right? Oh, 100%. And, and then you're, you're, you're building a community too in the same right. time. Which is all part of it is that, you know, you're giving back to the community that gives back to you. And, and I know the food on that truck, really healthy stuff. So there you are on that campus with all those queen students whose parents would like them to eat good food, but the cafeteria is not their choice. Yep. And then all the doctors in that in those medical buildings who aren't going to eat crummy food. So Queens loves you and the city of Kingston loves you. And I love you. <laughs> I love you too, Roz. <laughs> yeah, I think you know like giving back to the community is, you know, I, I was originally thinking of it as a broader like citywide thing but like within the university and the hospital that are directly beside our food truck. Like it's resulted in a lot of Queen students coming by looking for jobs. You know, we've been given a lot of requests right. for large catering events. It's all been built from the fact that, you know, we're providing a good product or friendly, we're giving back, you know, we've donated to like uh, different charities around campus. We've donated to uh, some of the nursing groups when they're doing like employee recognition days, you know, we give away free meals. <laughs> 
it's an incredible like you know selection of students that apply for the jobs too like we've uh recently hired someone who's uh completing a master's in law you know they're here from overseas studying law degree but they need just a flexible job to make a little extra cash to help pay bills Perfect. we've got another person who's a medical resident you know he's not doing his residency right now so the same thing needs some extra cash like the you know the quality of uh of workers you can find on a university campus is absolutely incredible as long as you're you know compassionate and willing to be flexible with their needs as well and it's it's paying off that's wonderful andy i you know it's fascinating what you're doing i i i absolutely love everything that you do and and i want to thank you for for joining us today and uh, and sharing um all of the steps that you've taken um all of the nuggets like really key nuggets in stepping into leadership which you have done so wonderfully so with that, I'd like to to take a moment and uh, and and thank you and uh, look forward to chatting with you after as well and try the food too. Thank you very much for listening to our episode five. It was a great conversation with Andy Williams. For our next episode, continuing with the theme of stepping into leadership, we have Badresh Patel. He is the president of Toastmasters at Queens in Kingston, Ontario. Looking forward to that episode and we'll be sharing it soon. Thank you.